Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 52, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows, past and present. The man looking very confused this evening, over there, is Jed Shepard. And that guy over there who, I'm um, just checking if he's filming me or not, is Mr. Rob <laughs> Jelly! <laughs> Are you not. filming? No, I was going oh. to, but this, this camera's packed up and I don't know why. Okay. I was going to, because you know how we did a little film with uh, Emma a couple yeah. of weeks ago for episode 50, to take 50, yeah. and thank you Emma again for no, coming on the podcast. I like how your head was in the way of her face for the entire video. Well, I tried to lean out the way for <laughs> it, but th- your fridge is in a re- is the wrong angle, <laughs> which is where the camera was propped up on. Now, I thought I'd bring my little wide-angled lens camera thing and yeah. and do a little another sort of behind-the-scenes video, but it's, I don't know, the camera's not working, so... It's our faces are just too good for camera. I think We've got faces for radio. We certainly yeah. have faces for radio and faces for podcasts. Which is why we're involved in so many. Are you well? I'm good, thank you very much. How's been, been? Yeah, busy, busy, planning all kinds of stuff. Um, obviously, film stuff. But um, I'm also looking forward to something I'm doing later on this year, which will be uh, a. Is it gig. something to do with that? Yeah, Rob Jelly now is pointing to a, a big, massive poster, an A zero poster of uh, a Star Wars gig up on uh, two years ago now called Cantina, which uh, some of you may have went to. It was big as at the O2, had Star Wars people there, and uh, just massive. Um, Loads of bands played. We had Star Wars cocktails and Star Wars, literally people from Star Wars. It was quite a night. Quite a night. Um, And uh, we're going to do it all again, basically, later on this year. I can't tell you... Where it's going to be, or which is why you got to listen involved. to the podcast every week because yeah. you'll find out here pr- potentially first. Yeah, and I've actually been told today that I'm not allowed to tell people <laughs> where it is, what's the deal with it just yet because it's that secret. genuinely he hasn't even told me. No, it's going to be really good though, so stay tuned for Cantina 2. Um, besides that, yeah, just normal filmy stuff, music stuff, music's going well. Uh, I noticed you tidied up all your tapes this evening as I well. I did. There's, there's loads of bit, bit of a tidy, so I can actually see my tapes. And I can't work out if they're in chronological order, um, <laughs> in sort of like paint chart order, if you've done them by colour. Just before you turn, uh, turned up, I actually spilled all those all over the floor, so they're just in the, any oh, order my they're hands. In any, oh, they're in yeah. Jed order. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, fair enough. All right, well, that's cool. Uh, how have you been, though? Not bad. It's um, It's been a pretty good week, actually. Fairly, yeah. fairly sort of... You know, straightforward, nothing untoward out of the ordinary, which is good. Kind of like standard weeks. Do you, does untoward things happen to you all the time? Oh, yeah, but I like that. Okay. I like surprises. Like, I like having a routine. I, I, once Someone once said to me, um, that, you know, when people sort of go to you and go, oh, I'm really random, I'm really sporadic, I've got no plan, no routine, no agenda. It's like, how can you... Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Who's who are you mates with? I, I hang out with some weird people. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, it's like, how can you be sporadic if you've got no routine to your life? Yeah. You have to have a sort of routine to from one day. From. Yeah, to de- exactly. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. sort of go, hey, do you know what? Yeah. Let's not do that. Let's do this instead. Yeah. But I'm accused of that all the time. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah, Jed, you're just doing so many things. We're up, up in the air with things and doing this and doing that. Doing that. Like, it's all over the place. But no, if you think about it, in order to do all of these things, you need to be very, very good at multitasking and organising. Otherwise... Which you are. Well, 
Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to so. be rude, mate, but you don't strike me visually as the sort of person that's very well organised, but <laughs> yeah. you actually are one of the most organised people I know. Well, I have to be in order to get things done. But, Either that, or you'd have the wrong actors in the wrong sets, and you'd have the wrong people in the wrong music videos, and you'd be like, hang on, this isn't our song. This isn't our song. My trick is just to get other people to do all the admin type stuff for me, and I can do all the creative stuff. That is a very good idea. A very good idea indeed. Uh, listen, we are on take 52, and we've got yeah. two more shows to do this week. Um, I just wondered if you um, had a chance to review the Ten Commandments. Yes, because I did. We've been trying to narrow this down now for four fifty-one uh, podcast episodes. Yeah, um, and I feel like we've we're getting close. Mm-hmm. I to, think we might. Yeah, we may need a little help. So, so basically, what we've been trying to do is come up with the Ten Commandments of what makes a good pilot episode. Yeah. Um, and me and Rob have been bouncing some I would ideas. say we've, we are getting close to being almost experts on pilot television. We've because seen a lot of pilot I don't episodes. Think, I don't think there's that many people on planet Earth that have sat and watched this many pilots. I know. <laughs> on a critical level. And we're never going to stop. But no. we want to add a little bit of structure to it. And we want you to be able to kind of uh, use the tools that we give you in order to decide whether a show is right for you if you want to continue watching on. So uh, myself and Rob have come up with maybe about seven yeah. of the uh, Ten Commandments. So we'll run through them now. Um, so number one, yeah. I think the most important one is it's got to make you want to watch episode two. 100%. I think that's the most important one. Um, more than anything else, if yeah. nothing else really happens in the episode, if it makes you want to watch episode two at the end, yeah. if you get to the end of episode one and you're like, I need to watch episode two, yeah. it's succeeded. It's the kind of golden, it's almost the golden it's rule the golden of the pilot, yeah. isn't it? And number two is has a memorable theme song. Yeah, it's got to have. It's, it's got, to, got to. Even if it's not, I well, I'd say memorable, or even if, it's just going to have a strong theme tune. Yeah. If it's really catchy and you memorise it, even better. But yeah. I think if it, if it sets the tone for the episode, yeah. basically great. your theme and song. And I think one of well, I actually think both of these today yeah. do a very good job. Yeah. One a little bit more than the other. Yeah. But one of certainly the theme tunes for today's shows are, do a very good job of just giving you that right mindset for the show that you're about to watch yeah because the reason why you need a good theme song is it, it, it states a sense of identity yeah um, and also if it's catchy it helps because it's like advertising you're walking down the street you're singing a song someone goes what's that song oh it's a song, song from a th- from the show that I just watched what show is that there you go exactly uh, so it's got to have a, a strong memorable theme tune I, I think it's got to introduce a new character we've, so this is number three this is number three yep. we've we talked a lot about how new characters come in or a character is sort of returning to a scene that they've been at before. That's and you're, you're coming back to this scene with them. So um, introducing again, a new character Again, to this us. kind of applies to one of the shows yeah. uh, that we're going to talk about in a bit. Yeah. We've got to have that character sort of either coming in for the first time, brand new, yeah. or coming back to this arena that they were previously in yep. and they're sort of catching back up again yeah and the reason why this we need a, a new character is because you need to empathize with this character because someone needs to represent you on screen so this is why a new character to the situation to this whatever situation is playing out on screen is very important uh number four well, actually you say about the the connection the emotional thing i yeah. just jumped to five well i've just written it on number five anyway the emotional connection you have yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. If you kind of feel something, whether it's love or hate mm-hmm. for a character in the show, yeah. 
it's drawn you in and it's done the good job in in making you feel something for the show or for a particular character. So yeah. kind of want to connect maybe number three and five there together. Okay, yeah. But, uh, but they're sort of two different things, if okay. that makes sense. Yep. Uh, so number four uh, is... Uh, this this is one, over. You, you came up with this one, mate, not me. <laughs> number I agree. Four, number four is, uh, would you pause for a piss? So if you're watching a TV show and you want to go to the toilet, do you go or do you not? If you want to go and you just leave it running... This isn't a good show. This isn't a good yeah. pilot episode. If you're like, oh, I'll hold it in till the end because I really want to watch this. Um, or I'll pause it and go I th- for a piss. I think, if, I, I think if it makes you hold it in, yeah. it's even it's better. It's a great show. It's yeah. a great show. If it makes you genuinely hold, give yourself potential bladder problems in future <laughs> life, it's a cracking episode. Exactly. And number five is the emotional connection thing that Rob, Rob said. Yeah. And uh, number six is you insist that your friend, co-worker, therapist, <laughs> or anyone uh, that you like, um, watches it so that you can talk about it with, with them. So it could be your significant other. You need someone, if it's a good show, you want to share that experience with someone. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to throw sort of catchphrases at each other yeah. and, you know, maybe even give each other nick- new nicknames off the fact that you watch these new things because exactly. you, you think your mates very much like yeah, X, like, Y, oh, or Z. She's such a Phoebe. Yeah, exactly. That so that, that exact sort of thing. Um, so I think it's important that it's a show that makes you, it gives you something to talk about. Like we talk about actually appointment television. Maybe that's another one. Yeah. Is, it, is it something you would plan? That maybe is another one to add Ooh, to the list. Yeah. Uh, that's no, make that number eight. Okay. Make, uh, plan your life around it. Yeah, appointment television. Um, Around the show. And this is obviously a slightly tricky thing with um, whole series being uploaded, things like Netflix yeah. and Amazon, so you get the whole thing. You can thing. still pace it. If, if, yeah. If you're, yeah, I mean, if you set yourself a time aside, then you know you're, you've got a show that's you yeah. know, properly gripped you. So. Exactly. Um, and I guess that just leaves um, number seven, which is it surprises you because you don't want to be watching the same show over and over again. There's a million different cop shows. Something needs to stand out yep. to make you want to watch it. So something that surprises you, just an element. It could be a character. It could be a plot device. It could be a particular actor or actress. Um, something that just surprises you and keeps keeps your interest, basically. Yeah. And we said about like getting wanting to watch an episode two. I think the final thing, the very thing, last thing it's got to do in, in the episode itself is leave you with some tension or unanswered questions or yeah. give you a twist yeah. that makes you go, whoa, I yeah. did not see that coming. And that leads that leads into makes the first one. Um, makes yeah, and it kind of comes, comes back round to that first one again yeah. in that if you've got, it's got to the end of it and suddenly it takes a turn or yeah. it leaves you hanging with something and you're like, oh. Yeah. Then it automatically makes you want to watch episode two, hopefully. So that's, we've got about eight or nine there, but what we're going to do is we're going to put it out on Twitter. We're going to ask you guys a question. Um, and it's important that you give us some feedback on this because we want to have fine-tuned this top top 10, uh, these 10 commandments of what makes a good pilot for you. Yeah. Um, we'll put it out there, sp- spread the love, see what you think. Um, and then we'll collate it all and see which one's fit into the top 10 yep. and, if and you, that's what we use going forward as a metric if you've dipped into this for the first time today welcome along we'll give you our Twitter details at the end of the episode yeah, we will. Uh, so you can keep up to date with what's going on there yeah. uh, right. and Sh- also if you on. follow us we'll follow you right back done yeah guarantee Guaranteed. that's a pilot podcast guarantee <laughs> um, just uh, yeah let, let's get on with it I think. do you follow I, people back yeah of course I do okay yeah but they have to be good at Twitter yeah when someone follows me I, I click on their profile and if it's if it's an egg 
no, no, I won't. If it's like a normal person, oh, yeah. if you've taken a picture of an egg and drawn your face on it, oh no, that's good. Then, I'm, then, I'm yeah. very impressed. I'm, I'll, I'll be following you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's do episode fifty-two or take fifty-two, as we like to call it here yep. on the Pilot Podcast. <laughs> uh, you can go first this week, my friend. What have you got? Okay, this week I'm talking about the pilot episode of Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under um, starts off with a theme song that, to me, sounds a little bit like uh, someone playing two CDs at the same time. You've got the, plinky, <laughs> you've got the plinky plonky element, yeah. which is quite daunting, a little bit, to, if to my ears, a little bit Westworld. Yeah. Then you've got the jolly bit, which is well, like someone's got another TV show that they, they press play on. This is very true. So it goes, first things, the episode goes straight into the title sequence. Yep. There's no pre-scene, which... Yep. For lots of the shows we watch, cold you, open, you tend to get yeah, cold open. Cold open. So, so you tend to get this scene. You jump straight into a scene, and then two or three minutes later, you get the the, the opening title sequence. Yeah. But this is straight in, cold, cold straight in. Um, there's the oboe, which is this is. <laughs> where, are we, where are you going with this? No, no, no. The the, the theme tune is right. quite It's largely structured around that sort of. It's an on an oboe, yeah. which is quite a jaunty instrument. Yeah. And that's, there's got to be some thought in here. There's definitely there's definitely a lot of thought gone into this. Because six feet under, the phrase alone, is dead, isn't it? You're, you're dead and buried. Six yep. feet under, right? So you're already in the mindset that you're talking about a show with death. Mm-hmm. Um, the imagery itself is quite medical and... Mm-hmm. But it's... But I, was, I wrote down... There's lots of light in the visuals, mm-hmm. despite it being quite obviously about death. Yeah. So it's quite plinky plonky, yeah. but the imagery is all about dead people. There's the, you know the shot of the toes with the tag round it, yeah. um, lots of coffins and, and hearses, and then there's the graveyard at the end and the crow. So there's lots of imagery that says death, but it's all quite light and quite yeah. sort of like, yes, someone has died, but let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah, it's it's very weird con- it's, it's like combination of things. Yeah, it's quite representative of the TV show as a whole. So you've got the the plinky plonky piano representing the dark side death, and then you've got the kind of representing that life goes on like everyone's chill Um, but that's what I really like and I mean the very specifically chosen theme song there like constructed theme song Um, and and it represents this first episode which is full of real real dark stuff yet really funny it's funny Uh, there's loads of light elements that I really really love it's quite weird I want to jump straight in with something that one of the first things I noted after the the title sequence and you get into the, the, the sort of the base of the story. Yeah. <laughs> There's an advert for a, cu- a funeral car for a hearse. Yeah. And this woman's dressed in a black dress and she's got like the elbow length gloves on. Yeah. And it's all about sort of. It, 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 they're selling this car like in a sexy fashion, like they'd sell a sports car to a middle aged man. Yeah. It's, it's so it's great. Weird. And you sort of think. Is this a comedy show or is this a drama? Well, it's, or, or what am I watching? It's a dramedy, basically. And I think those elements of putting the fake adverts in for death-rated products comes from, um, I think, it comes from where I first saw it anyway, was Robocop. Where in what? The, the film Robocop, which was uh, a fair few years before this, um, they had loads of fake adverts in that as well uh, throughout the film, um, which was adverts representing how consumerism has almost taken over 
the world um, and people are stupid and they'll buy anything yeah and I feel like this is similar to that where it's making the viewer think what am I watching here um, sh- why or am I being presented with this it puts you kind of well, like on edge to be absolutely honest with you I thought I'd found a dodgy link <laughs> I thought I'd got a dodgy link with an advert thrown in the middle and it, and it wasn't till later in the episode when I saw one for uh, what's my note Living Splendour yeah 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 yeah. is Living Splendour the um, the the oil the um, liquid right there Rob are you gonna die Rob's officially gone six feet <clears throat> under sorry yeah I, I, and then there was wound filler as well yeah yeah and then I realised that they were all part of it, and I was like, "Okay, fine." So that makes sense now. Yeah. But it was, it was, it kind of caught me off guard because which as, is great. As much as they say this opening sequence is very plinky plonky, but death and such like that, mm-hmm. it was so juxtaposed from that that I thought, "Hang on, is this? Yeah, has someone just dropped an advert into this particular you know copy of the show?" Yeah, and then you saw, and then you realise it's not. Mm-hmm. But um, I, it, it's got a really Really interesting dynamic, and yeah. like we, you know, going back to some of the points we say about the important stuff to have, um, there's a great emotional connection almost immediately in that you realise it's fast approaching Christmas. Uh, fast approaching Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but can I just go back? And everyone to can the... everyone can relate to that. Yeah, I was going to go back to the ad- to the adverts. Um, I've got quite a lot to to talk about this one. Go on. um, so. Um, I think the adverts is um, it's really meta because it's kind of like making you think. Um, so this show is selling you death. It's literally selling you the concept because they of run death. a funeral home and care. Exactly. Yeah, funeral directors. But yeah. not only that, that that's one level. The other level is this show is about death, and the network's trying to sell you death as an entertainment. It's trying to sell you that this show about a funeral parlor is worth your worth your time, worth your money buying the DVDs, etc. So and it's put it out there. For, out there right up front this is what we're doing we're selling this to you and I think it's really clever it's just and the writing in this it's one of the best kind of written pilot episodes I've seen uh, us do I think it's very very clever all the way through it I was just like oh that's so clever that's so clever um, and um, the tone is what sets it apart from anything because this could have been a real morbid yeah. kind of show but I just feel like it's got a lot of lightness to it as well yeah and stuff that like for instance let's let's go to the start so it's christmas they juxtapose um someone's death the father of the the patriarch of the family's death yep against one of the sons having sex in, in like a cupboard in, a, in an airport <laughs> yeah. yeah that's very true so uh the, the the story essentially evolves in the um the dad which is uh nathaniel fisher yeah played by richard jenkins he is He's just bought a brand new hearse. Yeah. And he's taking it out for a drive. He's having a midlife crisis. He's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> he's bought a brand new hearse for the business. Yeah. Uh, and he's taking it out for a drive. I can't remember exactly why he's going for a drive. He's maybe just um, going for a drive. No, he's picking up his son from the airport. Oh, of course he is. Yeah. yeah. So he's on the way to the airport to pick up his son from Seattle, who's flying into Washington for Christmas, yeah. uh, who they don't see that often. So he's on the way. He's just gone off the mobile phone with the wife, uh, who's quite clearly sussed out his smoking. Yeah. He chucks it out the window, so on and so forth. He then thinks, ow, oh, I'll light another one. He hangs up, he goes to light yeah. another one, and he gets hit by a bus. Yeah. Side on, teed, teed at the junction, and he dies. Um, now, obviously, he's on the way to the airport. So, uh, Nate, who is his eldest son coming in on the plane, yep. um, he arrives 
at the airport and he's waiting around he's been chatting to this girl on the plane blah mm-hmm. blah blah, blah. Um, and then he says and she goes I oh, like you know um, I can give you a ride if you want and he goes I oh, know so I'm sure he'll be here soon and she goes no I didn't mean that kind of ride <laughs> and you're thinking hang on a minute I've just seen him die obviously Nate doesn't know at this yeah, point yeah. we've just seen him die yeah. at the junction it would have been like completely wiped out by a bus <laughs> and now his son's getting nookie in a cupboard yeah. in an airport yeah 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 Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I mean, it's a great start. And I mean, even though I've seen this episode before, watching it again, it just reminded me just how interesting and how, how much depth there is to this TV show. Um, and when, I, I love it, that the fact that when they go around the family, get when they get the call that they're, they're down's dead, yeah. they all react to it in, di- in a different way. So you've got um, you've got the um, the the mother of the of yep. the family who's at home having an argument with Dexter. I'm going to call him Dexter because it's, <laughs> so it's Michael. Da- so da- yeah, David Fisher is the sort of like the uh, the the son who stayed with the family business, played by Michael Seahaw, who plays Dexter. Dexter. So I'm just going to call him Dexter. Okay, Dexter. So so Dexter's at home with his mum, and uh, his mum's cooking, and he's having like a little argument, and then um, she's cooking lamb or something, and she gets a phone call. And you see her reaction, yeah. Um, and she goes absolutely ballistic and starts screaming. Dexter runs in. What's up, Mum? Um, got some bad news. Um, the uh, the new hearse is is totaled. Is, is totaled. Um, and your dad's dead. <laughs> yeah, I like the way it was in that order as well. Yeah, That's just love nice it. little touch. Just love it. And uh, Dexter's reaction because he's a serial killer in Dexter. This <laughs> is just like quiet. And then you get he the does re- play that character very well. Oh, I can he? see why he's Dexter. He's, he's, I mean, even this is this was a, quite a few years before Dexter. One, this yeah. is. he's so so good. Um, and then you've got the the younger daughter of the, of the family, Claire, Claire, who is in a crack den with with a bunch of low lives, just taking crack apparently for the first time. I can't remember if that's true or not. But she's uh, no, she's doing meth and she did crystal yeah, she's meth. Yeah, crystal meth. Yeah, and she's just done it, and then she gets the call. Um, and then she says to her other like meth head mates, "I gotta oh, go." Yeah, I gotta go. Uh, my dad's dead. He died in a car crash in there, and they start laughing. She's like, "No, no, no this for real. Yeah. yeah, this is not a trip. This is real, actually happening." <laughs> so her storyline from then on is the fact that she has to deal with her dad's death while she's just taking crystal meth. And I don't know how it reacts with you, but it's it, she says it amplifies what's going on. So she's like, when she finally meets up with one of her brothers. She's like, I, I, help me. I'm high. Help me. I'm high. Yeah, I don't know how to handle this. Don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, and then when uh, when Nate finds out um, as well, he obviously is the... They're in the cupboard. They've finished. Just done it, yeah. And he thinks it's his dad calling to say he's, he's at the airport, but yeah. no, he gets it's, the bad news. It's uh, his brother David phoning to say yeah. dad's dead. Exactly. Um, and then you've got the other phone call that happens quite close to that, where Michael C. Hall, Dexter... He has to make a call of himself uh, to his uh, to his his gay lover, um, who's a policeman, and he has to break off a date with him. And the guy goes, "Oh, why now?" And he's like, "Well, my dad's my dad's dead." And the guy goes, "Oh, right, okay, yeah, oops, yeah." Um, and like, just I love it. I love, I love it is everyone in this family so good because you can just you just know their character straight away. You know how they're going to react to situations. I love it. And if we go by our commandments yeah. of um, getting introduced to a, to a character that we can empathise with. I empathise with them all. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the interesting thing is that you're, you're going to go on a journey or you're going to go on four separate journeys yeah. of how they deal with grieving for the lost yeah. dad. But I think the one person more than anyone that you sort of, you're on the journey with is Nate. Because Nate's, obviously he's coming yeah. back to the family. Yeah. He was only supposed to come over for a few days for Christmas and then go back to Seattle. Yeah. And as the episode develops, you start to think that maybe 
he's going to stick around a bit longer. Yeah. And, you know, he, the, the show goes on for four years, so let's just say he does. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the, he's, he's your sort of... He's the guy you're he's sort your of following. Point. Yeah, he's your yeah. That's it. He's your entry point to it uh, as a sort of newbie to the show. Yeah. Um, but you are also kind of intrigued and curious as to how each of them are going to cope and how they're just going to uh, kind of pick up because ultimately you're running a family business. Um, I know Na- planner, yeah. Nate wasn't there originally for it, but you kind of think, well, maybe now he's got a reason to stay around to help out the family business and such yep. like that you know he can kind of take on the reins with David and share it and such yeah. like that so there's that and then Claire's so much younger anyway I mean she's a sort of late teens yeah but you're kind of curious as to whether or not she's going to go off the rails because she's obviously into doing a bit of drugs and yeah, things like yeah. that yeah and mum's just gone bananas so it's kind of like a typical family situation it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, other shows where, there, where there's families in it but the difference between this particular show is that it has the specifics as well so you've got the family argument but they've got a business to run so you hear and you see things to do with running the funeral parlor like michael c hall says to 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 nate dexter says to nate um i had to put uh cotton up and up my dad's bum yeah and sew it up to, to stop him from leaking. Yeah, and, and I was be- like, "Wow, it was very specific." And, and that's the thing. And the thing is, I think it, because it touches on stuff that's genuinely part of working in a funeral yeah. home. Like, uh, and you uh, wouldn't f- even Federico. imagine you had to do Federico that. Federico has to reconstruct his face. Yeah, because obviously he gets he's in a car, so yeah. he does get a bit of a wallop. Yeah, um, and to make him look presentable for the open casket at the funeral, yeah. they have to sort of reconstruct the face and put makeup on. And and, and this is where the advert for wound filler comes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, it, and it's it's like this it shouldn't be funny, but oh. somehow they've done it, yeah. and they've done it just j- just right. Yeah. Like it could have been really di- uh, tasteless or um, distasteful, but they—it's not. It's, it's not. And it's, in fact, there's humour to it. Yeah, there's, there's humour to the darkness. Like um, at the uh, at the actual funeral, when when the body's going into the ground, um, that one of the one of the. Uh, it's actually Nate who stands up and goes, "Like this is ridiculous. Like why are we why are we using the pepper standing shaker? on ceremony and yeah, yeah. and just sh- and shaking dirt into the into the thing where." He wants to use his hands. He wants to get down and be a bit more organic. I thought that scene was really beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Like, the writing was perfect, where this son is like, Dad wasn't like this. This is so clinical. Um, this is our only dad. We shouldn't be, like, treating him like a flipping... Let's cry about it. Because he, yeah. he makes reference to being out at an island in, off Sicily, doesn't he? Yeah. And how they grieve really, really powerfully. Bit. Yeah, I love that. He said he was on um, a boat and he saw... So, yeah, I mean... I mean, it's grieving it, mourning women. As funny as this thing is, and it has, it has these moments of, you know genuine light humour in yeah. something very serious it also tackles it in a in quite a dark way as well you know, yeah. it really opens up a proper wound and I think depending on where you are in life you know yeah. like you I'm anyone listening to podcasts is I, th- I think this show could really hit home yeah like you watch it a long time, it could really put you off oh, the yeah. show. If you've had any sadness in your life, this so, might get to you. Yeah. But but it also might also mean that much more to you. Yeah. It's a weird weird sort of balance, and it's very much going to be you know either or. Yeah. yeah. But it does it. Yeah. Yeah. When- Can I just go back to uh, that's that that um, funeral scene where um, he's basically he wants to throw dirt onto his into his dad's grave with his own hands. And then his mum kind of almost like wakes out of a trance because yeah. um, she's been so kind of 
yeah, she's in, like, in a trance about She doesn't know how to grieve. And finally, because her son said this thing, she can almost, like, start to grieve. And she gets the, the, the kind of mud and dirt in her hands and she throws it on. And I thought that was really powerful. Um, but then uh, Dexter says to his brother, yeah, yeah, no, that was all good. Oh, and that just reminded me. We see the ghost of the dad, right? Yes. I didn't, I didn't realise it was because I was like, well, who's that guy on the car dressed in a Hawaiian really? shirt? Did you think? I didn't, I didn't realise who it was at oh, first. Oh, you donut. No, yeah, I, 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 instantly knew, I instantly knew who it was. And I, actually, I found it quite interesting that um, I, I, I suspect, and again, I haven't watched on from this. I haven't either. Um, I suspect that they will all, because he does visit them all. Yeah. When you think when you when you look at the episode, watch it through. Right. They all have one scene at some point where they can see and talk to Dad Is that after right? the accident. So um, <clears throat> I think I missed that. He's in the Hawaiian shirt, and yeah. Nate looks over. Yeah. From uh, from uh, graveside. Yeah. Whilst it, whilst the ceremony's going on. Yeah. And he sees him. Does he? And then to uh, no, no. Sorry, Claire does. Yeah, sorry, Claire. Claire, yeah. Claire looks over and sees him on the top of the car, yeah. drinking and smoking. And she speaks to him later as and well. And then she speaks to him while sat on the gravestone oh, yeah. later. Um, whilst David is reconstructing his face in the Dexter. morgue, Dexter. Sorry, um, <laughs> his dad leans over his shoulder and says, "Federico is much better at this. Why are you doing it?" And that, to me, Did, does Dexter reply to him? Yes, he's talking to him because Federico comes in and Dexter's talking to himself. Mm, you know what's interesting. And I think it's a sort of like they're all going to um, project what they've, what they, right, they're going to try and project how they think they appeared in their dad's eyes. I see what you mean, yeah. So so I think D- David, Dexter, um, he's, <laughs> he, he thinks that his dad is disappointed in him. Yeah because he's never done anything other than just stepped into the family shoes and and he sort of like he never lived up to expectations yeah, so yeah. this whole thing about obviously being gay mm-hmm. and the family clearly don't know yeah um <clears throat> and also his dad berating him for something yeah, yeah maybe but the face is not, not very good so yeah. he's he feels like he ne- never could live up to dad's expectations yeah. then you've got the other situation where um at the end mm-hmm. uh dad gets on the bus yeah and Nate is looking after he's been for a run. Nate goes out for a run, yeah, doesn't yeah, he? And yeah, he yeah. stops by that no loitering sign, yes. stares at the bus. And he imagines so I think games. going forward, they will all have interactions with their dad in their own heads, but we will be able to see that as yeah. well. And that's him with the bus. Um, he imagines himself being hit by the bus, like he wishes it would happen. But the most interesting yeah. thing that I've just blown my mind about thinking now is, so you just mentioned Dexter, Dexter's dad, uh, appear to him in yeah. Dexter his dad his dead dad appears to him all the time in Dexter he does um, well he has he has flashbacks doesn't he in fairness that's different he has no no his dead dad actually appears in the present day as like a um, like a spiritual guide and tells him does it? yeah and says Dexter. I remember the scenes they cut back to when he was like a child no it's like every, almost every episode like Dexter's dad appears and it's just like Dexter, why did you, why did you do that? It's like, oh, Dad, come on, you know why? Blah blah blah. And this makes me think, Six Feet Under is a prequel to Dexter. Oh. And why did he pick the name Dexter Morgan? Because he worked in the morgue. So right, I've got it now. So, <laughs> Six first. Feet Under is a prequel to Dexter. Um, but yeah, I mean, just this whole show just is just pure class to me. Like the the casting, just the cinematography, just the, just the central idea is just really really interesting. I know this was very very popular at the time, um, but I just I just think this is yeah incredible. I, 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 I do really want to watch on. 
I wasn't sure how much I was going to want to watch on 10, 15 minutes in. Yeah. But by the end of the hour, mm-hmm. I absolutely need to watch on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely need to watch on. Um, the theme tune kicked back in at the end <laughs> and there was lots of sort of like, oh, okay, so they can all see their dad yeah. in the afterlife and he's going to appear to them how they remember him. Yeah, yeah. So for Claire in the Hawaiian shorts and smoking and drinking, uh, for for David Dexter, it'll be a very much serious business suit type thing and mm-hmm. always judging what he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots of things that you're going to go... and and. The other thing is, as well, you've got Nate, who yeah. obviously um, has a little <laughs> with the lady off the plane in the cupboard yeah. at the airport. She's got a husband, Shh. hasn't she? Is that her husband? That you know when? You Whoa, see- hang on. Have I not noticed something? So yeah, oh yeah, because she's she's, she's at home. She's and at she- home, but I think she's at home with a family in a generic sense. Big really? family. I don't know. Well, point being, is she turns up at the funeral. Doesn't yeah. she? And so, I, so I'm starting to think. So I wrote number. down: Are they going to be a thing? Yeah, come on. I mean, it seems like that because then she, because then eventually she gives him her number. Yeah. So again, there's there's another little sort of storyline that's been planted, yeah. another seed that's been planted, and you think there's lots of things that make will you wanna, they won't they? Yeah, make you want to watch the next one. Like, is Claire, is Claire going to be a meth head like forevermore? Um, is someone going to actually take over the family business and continue on and um, make a deal of this I'm guessing so because it's four seasons um, yeah. yeah there's lots of unanswered questions and you kind of feel like you need to yeah. by the end of the episode as well which is very key um, I like this a lot I was um, yeah. I wasn't really sure what to think of it when I first pressed play um, but I've watched it and I'm pleased I've watched it and I would definitely watch on yeah me too me too um, well we'll figure out the scores at the end we once we've done the next one indeed it was called the pilots or just called pilot sorry and as we just and that's an extra half point. Uh, yeah, it gives half a point for doing that. And it was aired on the 3rd of June 2001 on HBO. So yeah. just for a few bits of detail on that one. Uh, and on to my show this week. Yeah. This week, Grey's Anatomy. Thank you, Blonky. Like six, six feet under. Um, I think it's justified in this particular show because you expect hospital dramas to be a bit Pinky Blonky. Yeah, well, well, I think is is again, there's, there's, there's. I don't think people realise how much thought goes into stuff like picking yeah. the music for television shows, for films, and things like that. Yeah, it's very delicate. Mm-hmm. It's very intricate. It's very delicate. It's very gentle. Like surgery almost. Exactly like I surgery. Like where you're going with that? Exactly like surgery. Um, you know, there are, there's a vocal version to this. Uh, Opening theme music yep. um, by Sap. Uh, yeah, I can't. P S A double P. Yeah, um, and whether or not the words sort of reflect the the medical theme and the drama in this show as well, I don't mm-hmm. know. I haven't listened to the full version, but ultimately they're, they're kind of very like it's very light, yeah. very delicate, it's very intricate, um, it's quite gentle as well. But it's also because it's so, so high pitched, quite a lot of it's sort of. Um, Glockenspiel, very sort of like mm-hmm. metal, you know, metal sort of hammer and stuff like that. It's yeah. very sort of metally and, and the like instruments of, of surgery Surgical as well. So yeah, I like it. it. I, like the, the, I think there's a lot more thought that's gone into the theme tune than yeah. necessarily just, just a bit of music. So yeah. it's very, very clever and works really, really well. Again, yeah. Sets the setting, tone. Yeah, setting it all up. So uh, just to give you an overview of uh, what Grey's Anatomy is about, as you can kind of 
guess from the title, it is about some medical drama set in a hospital about a group of new in, and the new intake, a little bit like Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, very much like um, it. Yeah, the new. But intake this is more serious than, than comedy. It's more. It's more this is a drama. More dramatic than, than comedic. And yeah. actually, for those the uninitiated, Grey's Anatomy is if set, it's actually a medical book. I have a copy of it myself yeah. um, at home. Okay. As I've, I'm, I've always been fascinated with anatomy and physiology. Gen- genuinely, always been really fascinated. A little bit worried that you're going to do some uh, home surgery on yourself or no, others? No, no, not me. Yeah. You, you've got things to worry about. Um, <laughs> so it is, it is genuinely a book where which has been pulled together for over with years and years of knowledge and, yeah. and experience uh, to really give doctors of the future a, a kind of guide to working in medicine and working with yeah. the human body you know the unpredictable yeah. um, but weirdly this one hasn't got the, the sort of cold opening and sort of straight into the titles you do get a scene straight away where you start off uh, with, with her in bed yeah, yeah. Um, she sort of wakes up again. This is like the Scrubs, uh, how Scrubs started. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's quite a lot of similarities with this yeah. for sure. Um, so she wakes up, um, and there's a guy on the floor, and she starts to collect her clothes together. Anyway, they start to get dressed because yep. she's got to get to her first day at work. Um, she can't remember his name. He doesn't know what her name is. Which... So they do the little bit of introduction after the. Uh, um, there's a second bit after of... they. Whistle together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they went whistling uh, on, a, on a Wednesday night. And uh, <laughs> um, and so off they go. I, they, I mean, there's, there's little, kind of a little bit of... Um, he sort of flirts a little bit more of her. He's like, you know, it's, yeah. maybe it's, this is a thing. We do this again or whatever. But um, <laughs> she's like, no, I've got, you know, the most important thing to do. Important day to day. And it was first day of medical, like, you know, yeah. experience. I've come, done all the college and all the, all the qualifications. I'm finally starting my placement to become a proper doctor gotta go you know let's get this sorted so she kind of rushes out and, and off she goes and she turns up and she's in, well you're introduced to her um and you kind of immediately start to feel like she is the lead character and i know yeah she kind of is yeah but you do also meet the rest of the interns and yeah. you learn quite quickly that it's well i thought i thought it was quite clever they they kind of introduce it in like a competition sort of style in that the the mds that are currently in the hospital are you know very much overseeing their progress and making sure that they still follow you know the right procedures and things like that but yeah. they're kind of pushing them as well and challenging them to be the best doctors and, and they and they say like there's 12 of them this yeah. is like seven of you will make it three of you uh, or no five of you will make it three of you will will have a breakdown and quit two of you will be kicked out and one of you will uh, something else or whatever yeah. whatever the numbers work out to be and you think oh okay this is and because it's not in a comedic sense you kind yeah. of feel like oh right so this is this is kind of like quite serious stuff like yeah. this is they're very much expecting not every single one of them to even make it into yeah. full-time employment. So just to go, go back to what this show's about, it's um, it's an ensemble cast, um, and mm. it's, um, again, like in all good shows, you're introduced to a group of the new intake of... Um, and this happens in real life in, in hospitals. Yeah. You get the, the whole new intake of of interns. Um, and it's very, actually, I never realised how close it was to Scrubs, um, just a different kind of genre, almost, in drama. Um and do you want to go through like the who who these interns are or yep, some of them the yep, main ones? Yeah, can do. So, um, uh, Dr. Meredith Gray um, is obviously where the whole sort of show gets its name from. Yeah. Is played by Ellen Pompeo, um, who, by the way, is now the highest paid actor no on television. Is she really? Full stop. End of sentence. I think I think I know half, why. Half a million an episode. Right. It's because this show's been going on forever. Well, 14th season currently on television. Yeah. Um, in fact, the finale is on the 17th of May. So Whatever. 
No, no, for the season. I was going to say. 15 and, 16, gonna stop 15 and 16 have already been right. given the green light. Okay. Um, I can't remember. So uh, this episode's out in the second, so it's only within a couple of weeks. Okay, right. That, um, and you know what the thing is? In my mind, because I've watched three, five seasons. 300, epi- uh, 300 episodes plus of this show. In my mind, uh, like, I've watched five seasons of this. Right. Um, and I stopped about season five. And not because I didn't like it, just because I felt like I knew where it was going. It was a little bit samey. She's the least likable character in the whole thing. I'm bored of her. Really? Yeah. In this first episode, you're not bored of her because you don't know her, but everyone else is more interesting. <laughs> well, this is why I think it's really interesting that they've got such a large... Uh, cast. I, w- I was having a look for the, you know, to make a list of the names and things, and it was interesting to see the uh, the table as it they drew it up yeah. of uh, the actors and, right. and how long they were in yeah, yeah. the show for. And you've got these really weird patterns where, you know, some people are in it for like a couple of seasons, and then some are in it for like five or six, and some have been yeah. in it for like ten, and others have been in it for the fourteen that have currently been on television. Yeah, um, I think I checked out when Catherine Heigl checked out, um, who is. Um, Look down my list. Uh, Izzy Stevens, Izzy? Doctor, Doctor Izzy. Do- yeah, people call her Doctor Model. I don't know if they do that in the yeah. first episode. But uh, well, well, yeah, because they, 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 they um, Christina and Meredith, uh, they were chat- they're chatting in the locker room, and they say, "Oh, I hear one of them's one of these one of these is a doctor, uh, yeah. is a model." model sorry, yeah. um, and then she says something uh, in passing, and they suss it. And they go, "Go." She's the model. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it becomes quite <laughs> obvious because she's sort of a suck-up and things like that. And that's just reminded me, actually, is, is a comparison to Six Feet Under in this because um, when they're being shown around uh, their first kind of, like, day, um, the, uh, the... What's her name? The kind of... Uh, uh, Miranda, the resident in charge of the whole... Of the oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Bailey. She's assigning tasks and, and Dr. Model um, Izzy says, well, what, what can I do? She's like, you're cleaning up anuses or something. <laughs> like... <laughs> Just like yeah, what re- rectal exams? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Not yeah. clean up, man. This is rectal exams. Same thing. Same difference. Um, <laughs> I haven't been. I've, I haven't been to hospital in a while. Do you want me to to call her Grey's Anatomy? Oh dear. Um, so yeah. So you've got Meredith Grey. You've got yeah. Christina Yang, who's played by Sandra Oh. She's great. She's brilliant. She's, She's great. still in it now, I believe. Yeah, she is. Uh, Fourteen yeah. seasons through. You've got Catherine Heigl plays Izzy Stevens. A um, couple of the the guys in it. Uh, you've got uh, Doctor O'Malley, who yeah. I kind of feel really sorry for in this first episode. He seems to get the short straw quite a bit. How comes? Hang on. What well, you mean? You mean just being bullied? Generally yeah, bullied, right? Yeah, yeah. He seems to sort of get. He seems to get. It, given a bit of a hard time at the yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah. Um, and I kind of I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him he does he's a bit of a wet blanket yeah. so I'm, I'm not I'm not totally sympathetic to him but yeah and you can see he's got like a crush and yeah stuff and he's a bit um, I'm trying to think wet yeah um, That's have you seen Pitch Perfect yeah you know the guy who keeps trying to hit on um, Fat Amy yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like him. I, I've met him in real life. Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his real name again? I don't know, I can't remember, but he, his um, character in that film... Yeah, I met him on a cruise. <laughs> what? He was comparing. Comparing uh, what? Uh, on the Weezer cruise. So he was like introducing the bands and stuff, and then we went to this beach called Paradise Beach, and there was me and him at the bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, you've got so many... The stories you come out with. 35 seconds ago, I didn't even know you'd... Knew the guy, let alone <laughs> been on a him. cruise with him. Anyway, so um, I kind of feel a little bit sorry for this character, Dr. Yeah. O'Malley. Um, he seems to be getting a bit of a rough time of it. Um, you've got um, 
Dr. Weber, who's there, one of the MDs, Dr. Burke, who's one of the MDs, and you Dr. The main Shepard. Guy. I was going to say, Dr. Shepard. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Shepard, MD. So you've got the three guys who clearly are like the medical directors, yeah. oversee quite a lot. Hey, uh, can I say something about this? So, Dr. Shepard. He's medical director, isn't it? I, I, that's what I would go for. I think it is, isn't it? Medical doctor? Medical dude? Medical dude. Medical dude. <laughs> medical dude. <laughs> uh, so, this is, this is a thing that I have a big bugbear at TV shows. Right. When they're trying to think of the main guy character in the TV show, yep. they gravitate towards giving him the surname Shepard. Right? I'll give you multiple examples of this. I was going to say, you're going to have to back your, uh, yeah. your claim up here, Shepard. Obviously, my name's Jed Shepard. <laughs> Um, not a pen name or anything. So here, he's a lead guy, Mick, Mick Dreamy, they call him. Yes, well, actually, the re- one of the reasons I've done this show this week is because a friend, very, very good friend of mine is obsessed with this show. Yeah, and uh, it's says, a great show. You've got to watch Mick Dreamy and McSteamy. McSteamy comes a little bit later on, yeah. Yeah, well, I believe he's a later episode. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so he, um, this is McDreamy. And you have to, pick, you have to either pick McDreamy or McSteamy. Either, you can't Mc, like both. You're either McDreamy or you're McSteamy. Yeah. Right. I'm McSteamy because he was he, he was the first one. Um, oh, hang on. So Shepard's McSteamy. Uh, no, Shepard's McDreamy. Right. And then another guy comes in who's like the other kind of object of affection. Big shot, as well. yeah. And like... And everyone's like, ooh, this new guy in there. And, and McDream was like, hang on, I'm, I'm the one around here. Anyway, hey so... Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. We've been here a while. <laughs> I he doesn't, don't know what doesn't, I, No, neither do I. He's from Cornwall. Oh, okay. he's, he's from Cornwall, yeah. Um, so, yeah, because Shepherd obviously means leader or the leader of the flock and oh. the one you have to follow. So it's just an easy thing. So they've done it in, in this show, la- Lazy Writing, if you ask me. Lost is another one. Jack Shepherd. Shepherd, yes. Um, because he's the leader of the flock. Yeah. Um, oh, there was an, there's another big one as well, and it's called Shepherd. It, it, it's, it's lazy writing in, in my mind. If, if you're naming a character, don't be too literal. Um, and obviously, I've named two of the biggest TV shows of all time, so like, yeah, it works for them. It's two pretty good examples, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't even tweak that. Yeah. Didn't even didn't even really see that there to it's be just honest with you. Like it's my name, so I'm just very conscious. Like, yeah, hang on, I can, stop I can, it. I can I can get that. I can get that. Um, so the the as I was saying about the competition sort of element, yeah. this whole thing. You've got all these interns. This is real. Um, which you know, and, and you kind of feel yeah. like it is based on how it actually is. Yeah. Um, I was a, I was a little bit put out by this whole. Your first shift is forty eight hours. I'm thinking. Jesus, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's illegal. That's a killer. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's against the law. <laughs> um, but let's not let's not nitpick over that particular yeah. detail. Um, but the, but then they keep referring to, and I didn't really note it down until nearer the end. I guess maybe it was subliminally going in, but yeah. they keep. They keep referring to it as the game. Yeah. You know, welcome to the game. You're, yeah. you're in the game now and things yeah. like that. And I'm thinking, I don't know whether I did notice it and sort of subconsciously or just mm-hmm. didn't notice it for a start. But she, there's a, there's a little bit of a scene towards the end where um, Dr. Carriff, actually one of the other actors who's been in it all 14 seasons, yeah. um, he, he diagnoses someone with pneumonia. Yeah. And was wrong. Treats him with antibiotics. He doesn't get better. And then his his um, supervisor, I guess it is. I think it was uh, Doctor Burke, uh, played by Isaiah Washington. Mm-hmm. I think possibly I, I might get that wrong. Um, he says to him, uh, "What are, what are the other um, symptoms or what are the other causes of?" what's wrong with him yeah. and he can't name any and then he announced literally on the whole ward he calls the whole ward to stop he goes can anybody name me causes the other causes to whatever the other and the only person with an answer is 
There's Meredith, who's yep. standing in earshot, and she turns and she lists five things that begin with W, and she goes, it's the five Ws. Yep. And he goes, well, what do you think it is? Which one of the things? That he goes? And she goes, it was walking. And, and then she, and he goes, how would you treat it? And she lists off all the treatments and the potential things you could do, and, and in the order that yep. you would do them. And he walks over to her without knowing anything about her, other than the fact that she's obviously got the right answer and she knows her stuff. Mm-hmm. And he makes a comment about her mum. Yeah. Um, Ellis Gray. Uh, Ellis Gray, yeah. who is like a, a goddess super superwoman yeah. Yeah. um you know a lot of people know well you know that you say the name in the hospital everybody knows who you're talking yeah. about um and and i've actually sort of side note is she get meredith get, does get a lot of stick a lot yeah. of grief for the fact that she's only there because her mum's her mom. um fame yeah. and and because halfway through the episode yeah. you suddenly realize that dr shepherd is the guy that was on the floor in the first scene yeah. who they had a little bit of whistling with earlier on. Yeah, so Izzy, Izzy's particularly perturbed. She's like, Izzy has perturbed, to Perturbed, good word. Yeah, she has to work her ass off. She has to have the embarrassment, and it's seen as an embarrassment in this, of working as a model to, to earn her way through medical school, etc. You should be proud of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and she feels like uh, Meredith's got it like, on a plate. Yeah. Um, so that's And that's a great kind of conflict there like in, in later episodes as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly something you can tell is going to be used against her. Yeah, going down that, you know, going into next episodes and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, but he makes comment about how, like, you know, you got your mother's eyes, and um, you know, and then and he says to her as he walks off, "Welcome to the game." And yeah. it was at that point I realised that oh, I see. So that the, they kind of call it the game because it is you are kind of playing a game yeah. in, in a very strange, warped way. Yeah, you are sort of playing a game, and like you know, you will win. And you yeah. will also lose. But that's not also, the, the, also... Yeah, so the game is them getting the job. But the other game is you're playing, literally playing with people's lives. Yeah. You're guessing. Yeah. It's like guessing. It's a multiple... What, what, what disease is this? How can we treat it? Let's try this, let's try this. It's, it's all a game. Yeah. A game of life. Yeah, and I mean, she, I mean, she, she does, you know, she does do something quite impressive. It you, you, you sort of gets brushed aside when she um, gives, uh, defibrillates uh, one of her patients yeah. and brings her back because she has a, a heart stops. Yeah. Um, and they sort of play it down quite a bit and they... And they and Shepard actually chucks her out and says like you know what are you doing you know why don't you buzz me blah 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 and she storms off in a bit of a huff yeah. um, but towards the end he sort of says to her he goes you saved her life mm-hmm. you didn't panic you didn't do what every other intern would have probably done you saved her life and you, you can't teach that yeah. and you realise actually okay maybe she has got the clout maybe she is she is living up to the name and that's kind of cool as well because you kind yeah. of think the, the journey you'll go on with her is that yes yeah, she's, she's an intern she's trying to get into it but she's also got this massive reputation to try and live up to. Yeah. And she seems to have sort of proven it a bit, but she's also been a little bit of a cow in the first episode yeah. at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're sort of like, there's definitely going to be a whole heap of friction yeah. um, with her. I think a lot between her and Catherine, or the, uh, uh, Christina, sorry. Christina, yeah. Um, there's definitely going to be, they're going to get on, but they're also going to clash yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it's great it's yeah. really really well, well written I, I really enjoyed this my, my two MVPs of the episode yeah uh, Sandra O, oh, Christina yep. I think she gets a lot of the, the cool one liners um, and also um, the uh, resident uh, the Miranda Bailey uh, yeah who's played by Ch- Chandra Wilson and she's nicknamed the Nazi because she's very strict um, and she feels a little bit like a, a Nazi in the hospital because she's telling everyone what to do and almost like punishing them if she gets in the way but then but, she's earned her position where she is like all yeah. the other MDs and 
she can tell you what to do. Yeah. And I really like um, when this came out, The in one of the reviews they said um, about her... Uh, it's, from a, it's actually from a website, review, reviewstream.com. They said... She's such a small woman, but wait until she speaks. So I yeah. like the idea. She's so unassuming, yep. but you are scared. I'm scared of her now. I know she's acting. <laughs> I know she doesn't mean it. She's just saying words I would tell to yeah. you. She's scary. I would yeah. not mess with her. Um, it's true. And the final thing I want to say on this episode as yep. well, uh, it goes right towards the end of the episode, which I really did not see coming. Yeah. Um, because at the start of the episode, you get a very brief um, kind of uh, indication that the house she's in isn't hers yeah but she's house sitting it or looking after it or dealing with it in some way shape or form um so but they, they kind of passes you by and then towards the end she goes to see her mum and this famous this, woman yeah this is f- personally for me because i have you know some hands-on experience with this mm-hmm. um he's a really this gets you yeah if yeah, this 100%. if this scene at the end doesn't get you yeah. emotionally yeah the chances are you haven't had to deal with it, so therefore, and dead inside. I, 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 Even if you haven't had to deal with it, this is just yeah, that's true. Pure yeah. human I, emotion. I, yeah, if you if you don't feel something emotionally yeah. for this, then there's something possibly quite wrong with you. Yeah, but she goes to see her mum, and you think, oh, well, obviously, obviously she's retired, mm-hmm. and she's just you know popping in to see mum, let her know how the first day's gone, yeah. or first two days, sorry, because it's a forty-eight hour shift, um, and you realise she's in her home, yeah, and she's obviously got. Alzheimer's or dementia of some sort yeah. and she can't Alzheimer's, remember yeah. she's having little flashbacks or yeah. little vague memories of like did I, did I used to be a surgeon mm-hmm. I used to be a doctor yeah. and then sort of um, you know Meredith says yeah you used, you used to be a surgeon mum yeah. and, and she's like who are you she goes I'm oh, Meredith yeah. and, and it's, it's a really, really gets you, yeah. proper like you know yeah. sort of lump in your throat moment it genuinely is a really yeah. really well done moment because it's so delicate yeah. even though they're dealing with life and death stuff on the you know the yeah. operating room and, and knowing knowing this this show like and what and because I've watched on this show is brilliant at dropping those moments in when you absolutely least expect it it's not just a, a surprise for the sake of it it's a surprise that has real emotional heft to it yeah um, and yeah I mean I think at least a few times every episode going on you, there's moments where you go oh that's really got me that's that's really got me there the but- first episode uh, is called A Hard Day's Night yeah every single episode all mm-hmm. 300 plus episodes are yeah. titled after songs yeah I there's too many to even begin to work out exactly how they've worked out what song title to use yeah um, but just to pick one at random in fact the most watched episode of Grey's Anatomy yeah um, season four Oh, you have to correct me on this one. Season four or season five. Okay. Uh, episode six. It's a really random episode in the middle. It's called, um, it's the end of the world as we know it. But also it's the episode that aired immediately after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, in 2006. Okay. No, 2008, sorry. 2007, season four. Seven, sorry. Okay. 2007. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, how on earth did they almost double their figures? Oh, literally in a week. And apparently it's a two-parter. And oh, the first part yeah. was off the back of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you think, so, well, you, you've already got like uh, 300 million people watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. an easy win. Um, it was aired in March of 2005. So it's now 13 years old and still going strong at 14 seasons. Uh, yeah. And 15 and 16, I believe, have been given the green light. So there is two more to come. At least. Yeah. At least. And yeah, I guess um, that's all I have to say about Grey's Anatomy. It sure. was, um, I knew it would be good and it was good. I enjoyed it very much. Let's score six feet under first. Okay. What do you think? 
I really, really love this uh, pilot episode, um, and I haven't watched the next one, and I really, really want to. I'm going to give it a strong 8 out of 10. All right, cool. I wrote yeah. down 7. Mm-hmm. But having have a chat with you, I'm going to match you. I'm going to go eight wow, as well. Wow, okay. I'm going to bring it up because nice. I'm genuinely really, really impressed by it. So yep, yep, yep. six feet under gets a 16, which we know is a pretty good position to be on the uh, oh, on the league good. table. Yeah, so we'll yeah. get to that in a second and okay. I'll add it up. Um, Grey's Anatomy. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5. That's very high. That's which very means high. you're not going to give it an 8.5. I'm not going to give it an 8.5. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay. The reason is I don't think it's got going yet. And because I'm based just on the first episode, and I think I am a little bit tainted with the fact that I know how good it gets. Yeah. Um, I'm still a little bit annoyed by Meredith. I think as a lead character, she doesn't... I I don't quite get her. Uh, and and, And continuing on, she's just not... She's our entry point into this show, and she isn't... I don't think you need to get her yet. I think that's the point. You I don't. Just, I never do. And also, yeah, something about you can't look. You can't look. Honestly, I I understand exactly what yeah. you mean. I have the same thing with Cameron Diaz. <laughs> but let's not get into that argument. But I really, really do love the show. I love the characters around her. This ensemble cast. I love the writing. It's just really well written. So seven point five. That's 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 a high. It's score a sixteen. Point. Yeah. And that means that in the past three episodes, we've yep. put four shows on sixteen. <laughs> so we had uh, the Crown and Garth Marenghi's Dark Place oh, from yes. two weeks back. Yeah. 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 And now we add Six Feet Under and Grey's Anatomy to the list of 16s. Nice. Alongside Seinfeld, Oz, The Flash and Homeland. All good, great shows. All great the shows. The system works. It's the system, system does works. work. Um, and so with the system in mind, what shall we throw into that said system next week? I Ooh. would like to go first. Okay, you can go first. Because there's been a show that I've had on the list, um, and you're very welcome, by the way, as a listener, to suggest songs to go on the list. Uh, you yep. just have to tweet us. We'll give you the details in a second. Yep. Um, it's been on the list since very, very early days, and I keep seeing it appear on my telly. So I want to get it off the list, please. Okay. Can we do the A-Team? I bloody love the A-Team. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember... If I've seen the first episode, I um, don't care if I yeah. have. I'm going to enjoy watching it again yeah. if I have. So, eighteen, um, please. Oh, that's, a, that's a great one, and that's got a theme song by Mike Post as well. Who I we discussed? I can't say I can recall the theme tune. You're to the kidding me. <laughs> You're absolutely kidding me. I think it might be the greatest theme tune ever yeah, made. It's great. <laughs> um, eighteen, okay. and what are you going to go against that? Um, there's another show that was on around that time, and that's MacGyver. Oh, wow. Very, that's... very similar kind of concepts. And you know what? That's back. That's, they've remade that. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, maybe it's worth doing... Yeah, we're talking about the 80s, strong Oh, yeah, yeah, the original, the original yeah. MacGyver, for sure. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, that's really good. I'm looking forward to watching those. That's take 52 in the bag. Boom. Added to the list. Yeah. Um, we will make the league table available from postpoppodcasts.com yeah. or if you open the description up in iTunes and scroll right down. You will the see it whole there. list, all 104 shows yeah. in the league table with their scores alongside. Um, and if you want to suggest any, you can find us on Twitter and yeah. let us know. Uh, no judgment here. We want to try and watch as many great TV <laughs> TV pilots as we can. Yeah. Honestly, this list is getting ridiculous, by the way. If you keep adding this many per week, we are never going to get to the bottom of it. But we will try. Yeah. We will try. And don't forget, if you need to suggest something, we'll we'll push that up the list. Yeah. We'll yeah. push that up the list. Your suggestions will be pushed up the list a little bit, so yeah. we'll we'll get to them as soon as we can. Yeah. Um, and if you want to tweet us, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Jed Shepard on Twitter, which is J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. 
I think I squeaked in that one. <laughs> uh, and I'm on Twitter at the Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. Uh, both are available as ringtones if you are that weird. And uh, I guess that's pretty much us done then for another week. Yeah, that just leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Snap, snap, snap. Chomp, chomp, chomp. <laughs> <laughs>